0: This is TV Podcast Industries, we're talking about Star Wars The Bad Batch, Episode 5, Rampage. Echo, what's your position? Over. It's not a toy, Omega. Copy that.
1: Why are we going to Ord Mantell? I thought the plan was to lay low.
2: Not while a bounty hunter's after you. We need to find out why. I know an informant there named Sid, who might be able to help. And you trust him? Well, the Jedi trusted him. The Jedi who are all dead? Will anyone have a better option?
1: He has a point. Right. Not a toy.
0: Welcome back, fellow troopers. This is TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about Star Wars The Bad Batch, Episode 5, Rampage, and I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow troopers. I am one of your hosts, John.
1: And rounding out the group, I am Chris. And yes, we're talking about Rampage The Bad Batch, Episode 5, not the Dwayne The Rock Johnson
0: film, (laughs)
1: Rampage, or the video game, which was the movie based on the video game.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: sure. was. Reasonably
0: successful. That movie was Was very successful, less because
1: of the IP and more and the film. More because of the muscles.
2: Absolutely. I have a confession, actually, because uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson is actually my favorite action star at the moment. Mm -hmm. Like even his bad movies, I actually enjoy. Um, It's really kind of quite incredible. He can be in utter drivel. And I come out of it thinking, that's all right, actually. I think The Rock was excellent in that. Well, so I think yeah. it's him. It's yeah. purely
0: him. We did watch Hobbs and Shaw and three of the Fast and Furious movies that he was in this week.
1: Um, <laughs> and he, does that. he elevates them. He does. He does. He
0: does. Well, he's fun. He's fun. Definitely. Yeah, he's fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So my bit with, with Dwayne Johnson is he made Bambi 2, a skit on <laughs> SNL, <laughs> oh, and I would legit watch that film. <laughs> if he made it, Excellent. I am looking forward to so much for our comic book fans, Black Adam. Mm-hmm. Like, so it is a DC character which was C tier. I would like originally, he was Shazam's counter, uh, like antagonist, yeah. antithesis. He was just, it was just a kind of meh. To the, they've changed the appearance of the character in the comic books mm-hmm. to look like. Dwayne Johnson. Now,
0: why not? Because, and I'm like,
1: yeah, makes sense. He is. He just wants Samuel L. It's true. Exactly. It's because they are now synonymous with those comic book characters. I'm actually looking forward to the film, and it's supposedly got this all star cast as well. Mm -hmm. But that's DC, not Star Wars. We're here to talk about the Bad Batch. Yes, yes we are.
0: Yes we are. And and we are leading up to some more Marvel coverage in the next uh, next couple of weeks just to mention that. Um we are coming back to Loki uh, series on on Disney Plus. Uh, it's coming out in just under 2 weeks time uh, yeah. our next Marvel show and I'm still a bit lost as to what it is we're going to see. It's still unsure exactly how much, uh, how much of a comedy show it's going to be. I feel like it is going to be a lot funnier, a lot less heavy than Falcon the Winter Soldier and WandaVision. Um, I think we're going to see a bit more of a comedy there, but I am really excited to see Tom Middleston, uh, reprising his role as, uh, as Loki.
1: Yes. They have, uh, their key writer did a interview this week. I don't know if he's the showrunner or the main. He was one of the leads in the writers' room, mm-hmm. uh, and basically said, "And it's kind of, it's a very PR spin. There's going to be key ramifications <laughs> to the MCU based on this oh, uh, definitely. series." Yeah. And I'm like. Yeah, the whole thing's about, a time yay. Job. Of course there's going to be ramifications. ramifications.
0: Yeah. yeah, well, there absolutely will be. Remember, Chris, there's no showrunners in, uh, in, uh, Marvel TV. So it probably True. was executive producer or, uh, or lead writer, uh, which is their equivalent of showrunner. That's, uh, Kevin Feige is the <laughs> yeah, overall showrunner.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Kevin Feige says, no, no. <laughs> that's not no, what's happening. Yes. Yeah. No, no, no. Yes, <laughs> but he let's get it, need yeah. to give any justifications
0: <laughs> except he's made billions and billions of dollars from the MCU. Exactly. So what he says goes. Basically, that's kind of yes, how right? so, it works. Yes, <laughs> But let's get on to uh, to Star Wars: The Bad Batch, Episode Five, Rampage. Uh, this the executive producers of the show once again, Dave Filoni and Jennifer Corbett. This episode was written by De- Tamara Beaker Wilkinson. Uh, we have spoken about Tamara Beaker Wilkinson a few times. Um, Chris, I know you're a big fan of Doom Patrol and She's written three, yep. uh, six episodes of Doom Patrol. Uh, we've all, we've discussed her on the podcast three times in the past. We've discussed her for two episodes of Iron Fist Season 1 and a particularly divisive episode of Daredevil Season 3. She wrote the episode Karen, which finally gave us the backstory story of Karen Page, something that we were looking forward to for three seasons. And I remember myself and John loving the episode and Chris not being very impressed with a flashback <laughs> episode in the season. Marish?
1: Yeah, that's probably the best way of putting it. That's a very <laughs> polite and, uh, uh, yes, the PRs sanitized way of saying i, I dislike that episode if i remember correctly
0: yeah yeah that I was my think, memory too
1: all i remember is and even just thinking about it i just see the white in the snow and i'm like oh there you go <laughs> yes. it's all back
2: excellent, excellent. It, it, it was your hanging bags of rice or something from uh, the daredevil movie oh yeah your, your equivalent yes. It was. Um, Although I
0: happen to love that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, th- I think you're actually thinking of a lecture movie. Oh, maybe it's lecture. yeah. yeah. Okay, that's electric. taking us off way too yes. far on a tangent. Uh, the episode was directed by Stuart Lee. Let's see if Tamara and Stuart has given us an episode that Chris likes better. John, do you want to give us the synopsis for this episode of The Bad Batch? Episode 5, Rampage.
2: Sure. After their narrow escape from Pantora, the Bad Batch go to Ord Mantell to research the bounty hunter chasing Omega. There, they meet with former Jedi confidant, Sid. Before she will give them the information they need, the team must go and recover a child called Muchi from some Zygerian slavers. Their plan doesn't go well as the Bad Batch are captured, but Omega releases an adolescent k's Rancor, and the Bad Batch are free. With the Rancor's help, they take out the Zygerians and free the slaves, but realise Moochie, the Rancor, is the one they've come to save. Rekka battles Moochie, establishing dominance and bringing her back to Sid. With their mission complete, Sid warns Hunter that the Bad Batch must be highly valuable targets as the bounty hunter Fennec Shand is particularly dangerous, but she couldn't find out who hired Fennec. Sid assures them she'll keep their secret and offers the Bad Batch future jobs as Moochie is returned to her owner, Bib Fortuna for transport to the palace of Jabba the Hutt on Tatooine. Hutt, 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 hutt,
1: hutt. I need some pizza, <laughs> uh,
2: Yes, Pizza the Hutt. Yes. Uh, that was Spaceballs. Ladies
1: and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is going to be some episode. Is, there's an energy in the air and it is fun.
2: And Biff Fortuna as well. He does have my absolute favorite line ever from Star Wars, from Return of the Jedi, which is "Me Ah Wanga," yes. which sounds the most <laughs> hypersexualized uh, sort of thing that he wanted to do ever. Who knows? Because of course, Star Wars
0: never gave subtitles. Absolutely, he, he speaks Hutties. That's yeah. all we have. I was hoping he that, is a hoodies yeah, I was hoping that that the Bad Batch might actually uh, give us some subtitles for the hoodies, but it just literally says speaks hoodies. <laughs> some interesting tie-ins here, uh, possibly to Return of the Jedi. I am sure everybody who watched the episode <laughs> will have realised uh, the tie-in that we have. Chris, overall, um, before we get into our blaster points for the episode. Uh has Tamara redeemed herself with this episode of the Bad Bash? Did you like this episode?
1: Yes. It has just grown on me this show. Each episode I'm starting to enjoy the characters more. They that they're placing the threads and there's a lot of the bits like and we'll get into it, like Wrecker's Head and Omega mm-hmm. being potentially Jedi or Darth Omega, whatever we want to call her, and all these they're all, they're placing all these nice little Tidbits? Yeah, I don't know. It's not even tidbits. It's like crumbs that I am now picking up more and more, and then they sprinkle in these lovely Easter eggs. And I think it's more this one. was like, "Oh my god!" They, like they're my Star Wars, mm-hmm. not like, and I, I very much connect with anything. So it's like Boba Fett, I yeah. and the Mandalorian. I connect with the post New Hope star wars more than the prequels and the clone wars i know them deeper than i do know the clone wars era or the 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 high republic era kind of stuff so this very much for me is now yeah it's it's very much growing on me
2: excellent 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 like your rash i guess so i'm really pleased that we're doing this virtually yes
1: (laughs) don't worry you can't catch it or can you
0: or can you? <laughs> let's uh, get on to both point. Let's get on to blaster point number one. John, do you want to kick us off? Uh, I know you really liked Amiga in this episode and all of her all of her chatter on on her new communications device that the team have given to her.
2: Yes, I really liked uh, Omega on uh, in this uh, this show. It, in fact, she really really grew on me and did Amiga because I think like she was just just the cheekiness that came through. I thought mm-hmm. was really uh, it just was good. I, I'm like kind of. Okay, you know, um, it's just the fun chatter that she had uh, with with getting the new com device, getting really excited about it, and then using it to speak obviously to the rest of the Bad Batch, whilst effectively they were standing right next to her. Yeah. Um, and, and, like even just after Echo has said, you know, it's not a toy, um, and she goes, copy that on it mm. uh, to reply to him. <laughs> um, was just really nice yeah. and um. There's a few other ones where they were talking about, you know, with the the sort of diversion to go to Ord Mantell uh, to find out about uh, Fennec Shand, that, um, you know, she just chips in right at the end, stood behind. As they move apart to say, you know, he has a point that they need to find out more about yeah. it. Um, and uh, yeah. right, not a toy, she continues. And I just, I love the dialogue that they yeah. put uh, to Omega um, uh, at this Right early on, and it just added something—the cheekiness to it, that the the, uh, the 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 whimsiness to it, I guess, <laughs> was really good. And to top it all off, as well. You know, we did have, uh, Wrecker bench pressing Gonk, uh, the droid, which I thought was quite nice. Yeah. Um, just cause they are kind of useless. So he kind of finally, finally, uh, found a use for, for, for the Gonk
1: droid, which, yeah. well, I mean- they can't even hide. Hide shut down. He, uh, uh, and he just literally drops. So I was Tears like, a t- that, was the actual, "That was an actual—that was a guttural giggle from me." I was just like, "Yeah, actually, that's probably the what they would do." Yep. It's yeah. that s- silly droid
2: and Amiga calls him Gonky, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, that's nice. It's a, it's a shame we don't have Clink that's stowed away, but uh, yeah. nonetheless, we do have Gonky now. Starting to
0: incorporate uh, in yeah, the droid exactly. into the show. And, and the Gonk droids have always been useless throughout Star Wars, though. It's always been this joke of this droid that occasionally goes Gonk as it walks past in the background, and that's basically it. So maybe... You'll fall in love with Gonky, uh, in the future, John. You'll have I a model of him up on the, up on the, I'm, the, uh, re- along with all of your other Star Wars statues.
2: I'm getting there. I'm getting yeah. there with Gonky. Um, and I think, you know, it is one of the droids from the Star Wars universe that needs, uh, a bit of loving. Redemption. Think, redemption. And, and a bit of redemption. <laughs> so I think it's pretty good that, uh, they've got a Gonk droid, yeah. uh, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and I think just, you know, um, because I guess before we get on to blaster point two, uh, you know, the segue is, and uh, this just made me laugh as well, where, you know, you have them arriving on Ord Mantel. They're looking for Sid mm-hmm. and, you know, they're, they're asking around the bar where Echo uh, believes Sid to be. He's never actually met her. Um, and the, the lizard type maintenance person says, You know, if you're not buying anything, get out. I'm not Sid. And you just have, uh, Omega going across and saying, um, you're Sid, aren't you? (laughs) And she's like, and you get introduced to this, this other, I think, for me, uh, really good character. I really like Sid, um, Mm. here saying, um, well, you're, you're the brains of the operation effectively. And then again, on comes the calm. I fancied as she points behind her um with them there and I just thought this was actually a really kinda great little opener. Um and really just was some it, it really added to uh Omega for me, uh to be honest. Yeah. And um I'm suddenly like going this is I, I can see myself starting to get into her character, you know. Um it was it was just really good because yeah. I think as well, you know, we, we got the rules on Old Mantel, you know, if you get separated, use the calm, you mm-hmm. know, after last week, <laughs> you, you see all that. It's, it's kind of just these little bits that kind of add to, to her. And, um, and of course, you know, she, she possibly. Um, has gotten her weapon of choice.
0: Absolutely, as well. yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, really important that this is uh, the calm that was left behind from Crosshair, the fifth member of the team who's now no longer with them, obviously. Uh, but pointing out that now she is even more of a member of the bad batch. Yeah. You know, they're they're kind of saying, "Well, I guess we're never going to be dealing with Crosshair again. He's never going to be able to come back and join our team." You're now our new member almost. Um, but it does make loads of sense after getting completely lost, uh, on the last planet and, yes. and not having any way to contact anybody, you know. So uh, now, now she has a little mobile phone to, uh, to contact <laughs> them when she's lost.
1: I, I get the, I get the feeling and you put it best there. Crosshair's not coming back. He, he will be in the show. Mm-hmm. He will be probably most likely a continued antagonist and that type yep. of thing. I just get the feeling Omega will become. The de facto fifth member. Yeah. What I would love to see is a time jump where we get to midway through the season and then they, they, you know, where you would usually kind of have a season break Mm -hmm. and then they like a time jump of five to 10 years. And Mm -hmm. she is, I know we can't, we can't based on (laughs) the timings of everything, but where you have a more grown up Omega.
0: It's, it's difficult to do time jumps in this show. You're right. They're, they're, but one of the really interesting things they do have available to them is they have, um, live action TV and The Mandalorian taking place, uh, a bit down the line. Some characters already jumped over, uh, yes. from, uh, from TV, from cartoon or animated versions into the TV shows. So potentially we could see a grown up Omega in The Mandalorian season three, maybe. That
1: would be cool because I, I can see. Can you imagine this potentially? I don't want to say force sensitive, but there's definitely when, she, she's attuned more empathic than the bad batch. So she was able to sense it. Uh, the way they, they, the camera was on her and the way that they, they, she was more clued in. You, they're making, they're starting to set some of those crumbs that she is sensitive or empathic yeah. or something. Yeah. But can you imagine that power set, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe full force, but kind of this badass bad batch like, brought up with the, the, the kind of comedic elements of Wrecker, and so can, like, she can bench press, and then you're going to have, like, the hunting skills of Hunter. Like, she becomes the, like, the best of all of them, and then you have that time jump, so then it is this older, badass, Bad Batch member.
0: I, I absolutely can see, uh, this, even in this show, in the next yeah. two or three seasons, potentially, I can see that development with the character as she develops into her own kind of segment of the Bad Batch, but definitely a, a really fun moments with her in this episode. Yeah. And I loved just, it was said with a tinge of sadness. I, I get, here's, here's Crosshair's com- uh, communicator. He's not going to need it now. So, uh, I guess, I guess you've got it. It was said with that tinge of sadness of kind of cutting off an old friend. This was a member of their team that they're kind of saying goodbye to in that, in that moment as well. So I kind of like that yeah uh, let's get on to blaster point number two the kind of meat uh, of the episode uh, essentially is the mission that's given to them from sid uh played by the wonderful rhea perlman uh who we older uh, members of the team certainly remember from cheers uh weeknights on thursdays uh, when we were kids so. i take home
1: <laughs> bridge i knew the voice i just didn't know who it was there i was go. like i was like i should know who that is and i was like oh my god who is it and then it was when i talked to you I went, oh there you go okay yeah. now connected but
0: yeah, I think I think the the character that she played in in Cheers was a, a very sardonic, sarcastic character. So instantly, hearing that voice and hearing her put down the Bad Batch when they walk in, you're kind of going, "Oh, that I definitely know who that is."
1: That's so she's basically just up. the same character in space and the an name. Exactly. Okay, <laughs> yeah, makes sense. That's how they went to the voice. When they cast <laughs> her, it's like, "Can you do the voice you did before?" But you're just gonna do it in space. Cool. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But they, they are given a mission, because now they're on, uh, I guess they're, they're trying to find out, uh, information about Fennec Shan, so they're given a mission to go and, uh, rescue, uh, Moochie, uh, a, a, a young girl or a young, a young female creature, I guess, is, is the way that she's described, basically, um, who has been captured by slavers, uh, the Zygerians, uh, who are, who are gonna sell her off into slavery. But no details given to them about it being a rancor. Uh, which I thought was that was quite fun. It's a good Spider. reveal to us as the audience, <laughs> like, but um you probably want to give at least some description of the uh of the character that you're gonna be uh sending the Bad Batch out to collect when they're travelling to other planets, right? So what if they'd gotten there and there were like seven hundred people there? Um, you know, two hundred female characters there, they had to guess which one was Moochie, you know? Well, that is true. <laughs> that was the slight flaw Give in the plan. some
2: description and um, that Sid <laughs> was a little sparse with with the details that she didn't even say whether you know what um
0: species like
2: yeah, yeah that didn't even say what species um she she was uh and that it was a rancor because obviously you had to have the 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 rancor and Wrecker dance uh, for him <laughs> to uh, establish the dominance, mm-hmm. which I must say, again, was something that I really liked, just the, the uh, punching because they were so knackered. Um, So yeah, I thought so it was really fun. good. Yeah, yeah.
0: Really like that little fight where it seems to be going on for ages. As long as it going on way too long, they both run out of their will to fight.
2: Maybe. Yeah, and I, I mean, the, <laughs> the other thing here is, you know, Moochie being wanted by Biv Fortuna, you know, mm-hmm. Jabba the Hutt's palace on Tatooine... So you're kind of like going, ah, oh, that's that cute baby that just turns into an utter nightmare, um, as they get older, uh, mm-hmm. as we see in, in Return of the Jedi. So, um, it is a little weird to kind of be going, oh, look at the cute little baby ranker, <laughs> Moochie. Oh, Moochie Moochie. I mean, it does sound kind of like Tamagotchi, um, in a oh, sense. No? Like it's, it's, so it's just like, Okay. Yeah. This thing has like, you know, St. Bernard saliva dripping from its fangs in Return of the Jedi. So, um,
0: yeah. But if, but if it is the same rancor, uh, we're assuming it is the same rancor. If it is, it does explain why the keeper was crying when Moochie died. You know, there's a little bit of, we have a little connection now with that character. Yeah. yeah. So we can kind of go. Now we see when, uh, when Luke had to kill the Rancor to get out of Jabba's palace. Uh, now we see why somebody was really sad about that. And he must have also had to show dominance because yes. so that the Rancor didn't <laughs> eat him. True.
2: Which just sounds like the most awful mating uh, sort of David Attenborough show
0: that you could possibly get, really. And, all, uh, I had my head, you
1: know,
0: all I have in my head is, uh, is the, the dog whisperer. Wasn't he always uh, always about dominate <laughs> yeah. uh, with, yes. with the dog? So same, same thing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's probably horrible for our listeners um i enjoyed this i i the, the overall because sid gave them a data pad with all the extra details you need to know on this right and i just got the feeling they didn't read that <laughs> they just went <painted> to <laughs> yeah. the location or, or
2: that it's a young girl that's yeah. that's what uh she says yeah. ultimately yeah. and then they look at it and go Hmm. Ah, there's just one young girl there that that's
0: chained up. Yeah. that's the person uh, that we need to 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 rescue. Like, thankfully, they rescued her as well. Yeah, that's uh, true. <laughs> you know, they didn't just leave her there and go. Actually, we've got Muchi, That was our mission. We'll leave you of the slavers. Like, but so at least it they was, rescued both.
1: It was as soon as there was one girl, and I was like, okay, something. No, mm-hmm. Straight away, like it was just too easy. And then when they went, we'll save you, moochie, and she didn't, the, the green skinned alien didn't say or do anything at that first initial moochie. I was like, all right, that's not moochie. Cool. I would love to kind of deage myself. I'm not going to say how many years, but to where maybe like I was like 10, 11, enjoying this, these types of shows for the first time. And mm-hmm. these story beats were new to me. So like I kind as soon as I saw it was one and the, the, the girl that she didn't interact or and, and like see anything in our eyes. Okay. So it's going to be something weird. Right. Cool. <laughs> I have, th- that's been played out in a hundred other shows. <clears throat> so I, I, and it's a classic, it is a fun story beat. So <clears throat> when you see this, I would love, I can't wait to share this with a little TV podcast industrialist yeah of our own, because that they're going to enjoy the hell out of this. And I'd love if any of our listeners have really small kids and they are watching these, this show with their small kids, what those, the kids are thinking about Cause I think that's parts of this that we are clearly enjoying and we've talked through it. Yeah. These types of so kind of fun story beats where as an adult, we've seen it across all these different shows, but the kids are possibly seeing it for the first time. Absolutely. I'd love to see it's like a kid finding out Darth Vader is. Who Darth Vader is in case I'm mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. saying in case they're yeah.
0: listening. <laughs> but look, at it, look what it did for us. It turned us into lifelong Star Wars fans when yes. we saw that as kids. So hopefully the show yeah. is bringing in uh, brand new uh, brand new viewers and brand new lovers of Star Wars And, as ul- well.
2: and ultimately uh, Omega is the is the hero of this. Yes, you know, she exactly. helps to rescue the Bad Batch. Um, so, the, you know, again, it's just a nice little bit of, development for for her character and as i say uh, even just her getting a weapon um Mm. like you know she she activates it that kind of uh cross not not it wasn't a crossbow it was like more of a normal archer's bow um but similar to i I guess chewbacca's in that sense in that it it fires laser bolts and um it's you know She's kind of like, she opens it up and she's like startled. It's like, uh, um, and then puts it back, but you know, she takes it with her. So, yeah, yeah. So like that, that was kind of really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, as well, just to, to see her have sort of, it, it, cause again, because it's a weapon, I guess with the bad batch, it feels then she's becoming more and more a part of, um, of the team, she'll have her skill, which is laser archery or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And so I think that's really, like, really good. And I like the fact she effectively pulls the wall over the Zygerian uh, eyes by, you know, saying, what were you doing around the container? Well, I was unlocking it. And yes, that causes that the chaos the and da
0: yeah. Off they go. Do you know what I particularly liked about that? This isn't the trope of uh, kids' cartoons where they're the ones that always are are the the ones to free the adults effectively that's the normal trope um and normally it's because they fall into something by mistake and mistakenly do something omega specifically had this plan she came up with it she was able to achieve it before being caught so i think that's a little twist i think that makes it a bit better uh for me uh, to watch this play out in the show so i, I really enjoyed that as well um but yes, this is, this is the, uh, the rancor being taken off, um, afterwards, being saved, uh, making friends with, uh, with Wrecker, who gets a good old fight in there, uh, and then being taken off to, uh, to Tatooine, um, to live out its life in, uh, in Jabal Hutt's parts. <laughs> in an underground cell, uh, Yeah. the
2: a few more, more From slaver to,
0: Effectively worst zoo mm-hmm. ever. Birthday present for, uh, for Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> um, let's get on to just a final, uh, blaster point number three. My, uh, my blaster point that I was thinking about for this episode was just in the conversations that were going on with, um, the slavers, with these, uh, these Zygarian slavers, uh, that we have on the planet. I thought it was really interesting hearing this background stuff and, and particularly because this is a, a show aimed at kids, we've talked about the balance between trying to, uh, trying to talk to 50 year olds who are watching the show and 8 and 10 year olds who are watching the show. I thought it was really interesting here that the conversation between the slavers, um, largely dipped, um, so you could, it was being said in the background, the conversation was happening between the bad batch and the, uh, and the Zygarians about the fact that they, lost their ability to be slavers because the Republic had outlawed slavery. Um, This goes back to uh, Clone Wars uh, Season 4. There was a a three-episode arc in in Clone Wars Series 4 with these characters where they were driven off uh, one of their slaving planets, uh, Kadavu, um, where they were practicing slavery effectively. And now you're hearing, because this um, empire has been created now, they're delighted because it means they can get back to slaving. And it's a really dark side of what's going on in the in the universe with the introduction of the Empire. We've talked about this on a number of episodes, these kind of things that are going on in the background, but I thought it was really well handled here as not being a main focus of the episode because the episode is a fun little adventure, you know, um, introducing uh, more information for the Bad Batch, whereas this little element of, that's playing out is slavery's back in the universe here.
1: I didn't know that in terms of the the background, from, again. Clothes, newbie, no... For our listeners again, I'll say it. I have no Plum mm-hmm. words, uh, experience except for the actual film. Um, that is, this is the bit where I thought it was where it's, we, we always did think that the, the den of iniquity, the scum and villainy of the, the galactic empire mm-hmm. was there for majority of it. We just didn't see. Mm-hmm. And then what we're finding is no, it was the republic, the original republic. I loved a lot of it, and it wasn't there and then, when the Galactic Empire rose, that's when the seediness and the underbelly of the galactic universe bubbled to the top, yeah, and that's what we saw at the beginning of a new hope was where like yeah, you have the skull cantina you like you have like the hut Empire, all that type of thing is where it was all there, and then it's, as you said, it's that now the end. And then, obviously, as we go further into the New Republic, mm-hmm. obviously, hopefully, that kind of disappears. Yeah. But it, it does make you think of the stories. Yeah. That's the thing. I yeah, discuss. like, it's like
0: it's really important. Remember, you know, the, the original introduction of Anakin Skywalker is that he's the, the child of a slave. Um, his mother was enslaved. Um, he comes from that background. What we're hearing from uh, in this show is that, What they're trying to replace the clones with is slaves who they're going to be. Well, first it's going to be conscription and then it's going to be slavery, effectively pushing, pulling people from their families and putting them into the stormtrooper outfits to go and fight for the Empire. So it's a really important uh, background thread that's being dealt with. And I just I just had to call out how it was dealt with in the episode. I thought it was I thought it was done really well to have that conversation amongst the adults while. Omega's off in the background. You hear the you hear the uh, the volume of it dipping uh, because she's far away, so she wouldn't have heard the conversation. I thought that was a, a good way to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Great. Yeah. Uh, any notes from the episode to, uh, to discuss? Um, definitely want to touch on uh, on wrecker uh, yeah. still having his headache. Um, we mentioned before that it was very clear that this was staying in the episode. This is animation. Uh, this, th- nothing is done in animation, uh, without a reason. So, uh, so they just highlighted it at the beginning of the episode that he's still having his headaches. He kind of pushes past everybody to get, uh, to get away and, um, hide his head when it's hurting. Uh, he does get hit in the head quite a few times by the Rancor as well. Yes. So something's going to get that chip to kick in at some point. We're at or here. it
2: fixed it, maybe. Well, maybe. maybe. all
0: the, the counter
1: bashes to the
0: head. I feel like we would have heard if it fixed it. Uh, yeah. I feel like that's playing out oh, yeah. where, where everybody's saying. up against Wrecker <laughs> towards the end of this season.
1: I'm looking forward to what this does. Is it, it the, the chip malfunctions to the point where they have to, Wrecker blacks out and they have to go fix him? Or is it record turns? It turns the chip on because we know the chips were defective, yep. And it actually activates, and record record then becomes uh, similar to crosshair. Or I, I'm 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 curious where this goes. There's I think no I think it's his own options.
0: thing. You know he he is the he is the most likable character as we mentioned before from the bad batch. So, Of course, you're going to have him versus the bad batch in the yeah, future. It will <laughs> be a fixer episode yeah. or something. A bit yeah. like with. Um,
2: with Echo from mm-hmm. the the Clone Wars, um, I, I guess where because I mean he he wouldn't turn against them because they're not Jedi. Possibly that's where we find out something more about uh, Omega. Mm-hmm. But um, certainly he might. I don't know. The chip may upload something that says you know they are deserters and yeah. traitors, the Bad Batch, and so that's. Why he Maybe. goes after them? Yeah. So, yeah. um, it could be a number of things, or just one or the other of those, I guess. But it, it might help us determine a bit more whether uh, Omega is or has force sensitivity, I guess.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to find out.
2: Any
0: other notes that you want to call out from the episode?
2: Uh, I think we mentioned it again whilst there was the reference to crosshair in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, still no view o- of that, you know. I think we're it's still very much that we know the uh Crosser is still on camino and also no more kind of references back to the kiminorans with that last element of uh in episode 3 about needing to get their assets back in order yeah. to get the 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 sort of fresh uh genetic code uh, for for their operations to try and keep hold of the 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 empire's sort of contract i guess yeah. uh, and and money so um, that that's still kind of the, you know, just simmering away mm-hmm. with no real kind of drive except for the fact that, you know, um, Fennec Shand is most likely going to have been sent after them by one or the other. Yeah,
0: but- What do you think of the, the piece of information kind of shared by Sid to the Bad Batch? We kind of know it because we've seen... Fennec Shand in, in Mandalorian, we know that she's a very dangerous character, but that kind of piece of information that's shared where, um, Sid says you would, must be of a lot of importance if they've sent her after you, sent that particular bounty hunter after you, um, because she's known as being quite, quite ruthless, uh, in her pursuit. So, um, I thought that was quite interesting to, to get that, for them to get that piece of information because they know Fennec Shand's after Omega. So that makes it even more, um, important i suppose to them
2: yeah and also that she's quite new to the whole bounty hunting thing but she's been pretty um ruthless, ruthless yeah. and she's kind of risen in notoriety uh very quickly mm-hmm. so um yeah that that was all kind of interesting i also kind of like the slight um like with sid when she's when she said that and also the great thing about with sid as i said really like the character there's also the opportunity for them to come back to her for mm-hmm. more missions uh, more money yeah. it, where when they run uh, run low on cash so um you know that's really really good but you know she does say i can keep a secret that's fine mm. but um <laughs> there was just that kind of lizardy glint in the eye i guess <laughs> um that suggests possibly, you know, she's maybe a bit more on the, um, the VTV series kind of lizard <laughs> spectrum, I guess, um, that she might just double cross them because mm, yes. at the end of the day, she's working with bounty hunters. She's working with effectively galactic gangsters with the Hutt mm-hmm. uh, family. And, and, um, so, you know, she's, she's not, She's not afraid of mixing, dare I say it, with the wrong crowd as well, well. Yeah. so yeah.
0: Y- you just never know. Well, yeah, speaking of Sid, the, my other note about her is that, uh, did you notice the uh, the Beskar helmet um, in her in her office there? There was a, a helmet uh, which is effectively a Mandalorian helmet uh, on one side of the wall, and also she had a clone trooper or a stormtrooper helmet on the other uh, side of her wall. I was kind of going, you know, it's very difficult to come across a Mandalorian helmet. And she has one on her wall. Who do we know that recently lost their head in the Star Wars universe? Does she have Django Fett's helmet sticking on her wall? Is that what she's collected from, oh uh, my from God, one of her that is
2: what it is.
0: <laughs> yeah. It could, well, Cause it was white as well. Yeah, it was I mean, kind of, yeah, it could have been silver. Or silver, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I just, thought, I was, I was thinking about it. Maybe, maybe I went a bit too deep. Uh, it was just in the background, um, for a short time, but I was going, has she? Send somebody out to get Django Fett's head and stick it on her wall. And
2: she had a good thing with the Jedi's, so mm-hmm. it could have been that Mace Windu gave it to her as a as a little the present.
0: There you go. Yeah.
2: Thanks for all the help, Sid. Here you go. <laughs>
0: here's the head of Django Fett. Well minus Django's head, of course. Yeah, here's the helmet of Django Fett. Yes. Sorry, yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> she kind of shakes it and they plunk. <laughs> Probably he'll be like, okay, it comes with extra innards. Oh no. Um uh, the question I have for you: In the previous shows, mm-hmm. the characters like Sid uh, and Cut and things like that, were there a lot of one-off characters where they get introduced to kind of save the, the to to be that point A to point B uh, kind of kind of connection, or do we expect to see Sid more later? Um, um, <laughs> or is it going to be a bit of a mix?
0: There's a bit of a mix. I'd expect to see Sid back, um, in the future, uh, in this show. I think the, the idea that she could possibly provide contracts for the Bad Batch, she specifically calls out that they are broke and have no friends and those yeah. are the two things they need is money and friends and she's willing to provide them contracts to give them money so i think that means we're going to see her back yeah. in the next couple of episodes but absolutely over the course of the clone wars there were tons of characters that would come in for one episode or for a short arc two or three episodes be really important and then you'd never see them again remember <laughs> i mentioned cut the character that we saw being really important in the third episode or second episode of this show um only had one episode of uh of yeah. Uh, the Clone Wars in six seasons. So, uh, so there are certainly characters that popped in and out uh, over the course of the years. Yeah.
2: And as well, Sid can provide them with information. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so I, I guess there's, the, there's a good reason for them to go back, uh, possibly to, to see, uh, to see her. So, yeah, I mean, it is. It's just a mixture, really. Right. Some are, some of the um, and come in intermittently. Others are there for a, a sort of a series of, uh, of story, of yeah. the story art. And yeah. um, there's also, I, I, I guess just them one-offs where, you know, they would have gone to the planet of the day uh, or, or of the episodes mm-hmm. and it would be, you know, something to do with that particular storyline. And, yeah. And, and then they could have got, have gone, forgotten and show up two seasons, three seasons yeah. um, okay. down the line. So, I mean, it's not that they're just chucked in. If they need a reason to go back to that planet, there will be the same people there, you know, exactly. and, and there will be
0: that connection yeah. made. So, um, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Anything else you guys want to talk about uh, on the episode at all? Nothing else on my side. Grant. Well, with that, uh, Chris, what did you think of the Bad Batch Episode 5 Rampage overall? I really enjoyed it.
1: Excellent. This one had a bit more connection for me, as I said, uh, closer to the kind of more New Hope era, mm-hmm. that, the, the original, the original era. I don't know what yeah. we call them now. The, the the original. We can call trilogy. Them the original yeah. yeah. Okay. So four, five, six. Uh, they they were the my episode. So there's the connection here. Is kind of, as we saw, Bib Fortuna. I was like, oh my god, I know mm-hmm. that. Um, so this for me had more connections. I enjoyed it. Um, they're putting more breadcrumbs. I yeah, I could call a lot of the the story beats miles in advance, but that's just it. It's a it's a fun show to watch. It's not. It, you do not need to use all eighty percent of your brain to watch this. Mm-hmm. You can get away with seventy if you want. <laughs> i i don't use 20 percent of my brain what i'm trying to say
0: excellent um I, I, I usually use that extra uh brain percentage just trying to recall things from star wars, wars. <laughs> <it was> like, <laughs> so oh, i can put it in my it. notes when i'm watching the episodes <laughs> um excellent.
1: but yeah no look i really i really enjoyed it and i think it's starting to grow on me this show Excellent, john what did you think of this episode
2: yeah i i love this episode um I give it four and a half uh ranker babies out of five um (laughs) like I loved having that connection um to the ranker from Jabba the Hutt's palace uh that that was really good I I'm assuming that but you know I think that's a great little nod um and and just the contrast as well you know okay she can give a good bite um certainly this ranker but Mm -hmm. um you know relatively um sort of kind of like a massive gorilla effectively yeah. so uh all all relatively cute um and sort of the idea of what she becomes i guess uh is that nice little contrast i really like what they did with omega here Um i think they just added something to her which was the cheekiness and maybe i just wasn't getting that previously but i, I really enjoyed that um and her sort of coming in to save the day it feels like you know, her role is getting solidified. And that makes sense, you know, mm-hmm. because of the previous episodes where the, both the Bad Batch is trying to figure Omega out and Omega's trying to figure out, effectively, the galaxy because she's been stuck on Kamino, uh for so long. And really enjoyed Sid as well, Um, just having yeah. this new character and just the, just the drawl of uh, Rhea Perlman. Um, was so good, perfect kind of uh, voice, uh, and just how she delivered it mm-hmm. for that character. <laughs> like you felt like she had been a she's. You feel like she's a part of the Star Wars galaxy, yeah, because of uh, the writing and just. And um, that sardonic tone that she's got from uh, having to deal with people. I mean, even the moment where, you know, she's been threatened by Bib Fortuna. She's like, no need for threats, Bib. You know, I've got my best people. <laughs> you no, know, it was just mm-hmm. there was some real nice uh, stuff going on there. So, yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, really, really like this. Uh, this episode, Thanks. Derek. Yeah, uh, nothing really to add. Um, I really enjoy the episode. As I say, the tie-ins that that are there, really good. Uh, I know there's some extended universe stories that uh, that have the Rancor monster named differently. I'm aware of that. I think for us, I think we're going to take it that that, uh, that Mushi is uh, the Rancor that yes. uh, Luke Skywalker killed. Because it's it's a fun way of tying the things in together and yeah. the story. Um, I, I think that's the way it, it works. It plays really well that way. So that's uh, so why I like it like that. Uh, a good episode, fun episode. I'm um, looking forward to, to more as we go through the rest of the season um, and it, as it goes on. Uh, let's get on to some feedback. Uh, we have a sort of correction corner uh, as we do on some of our podcasts. Um, we have a little correction to some of the things that we've said in previous episodes that may or may not be correct. <laughs> uh, Will be contacted us over on Twitter. He says, Hey guys, just like you, had american reruns air later in the uk we had british sitcoms uh, i watched are you being served and keeping up appearances as a kid don't sell us short over the us <laughs> so uh, so will did actually watch keeping up appearances john and we, you thought it hadn't broken out from sunday afternoon television on bbc <laughs>
2: i think i said i couldn't imagine mm-hmm. it going to being watched by americans or um, even going there like i you know the people that brought us star trek and mm-hmm. um all the you know the dukes of hazard i guess i that, i remember that one um but the eighty night rider and uh, night Ride. rider and um, airwolf all these kind of <laughs> cool shows that we would send them back utter nightmare stuff Um, you know things of like my nightmare of are you being served
0: although <laughs> That
2: wasn't um, bad. Keeping up well, appearances. Oh, I guess wasn't it bad. had a gay character on it. Yeah. And yeah. um, so, you know, big ups for, for the representation at the time. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, and keeping up appearances. So I, I guess, um, uh, to it for Will B for, uh, getting those references. You know, I yes. always just thought it was sort of Monty Python. <laughs> I right. guess that's the main thing that I, I kind of hear from a, like, sort of big impact of, Um, I guess British comedy, Mm -hmm. um, having an influence in in the US, and
0: so we know things like Red Dwarf have a big following, Doctor Who a big following, all that kind of stuff. It's more, can you imagine uh, a, a young kid in america sitting down to watch that when they have the choice <laughs> no, not to where we didn't have the choice not to watch uh keep it Up, <laughs> but that's really interesting well uh, will also points out and um, that they do have a chobani flip yogurt which is similar to uh muller free quarter chris so they do have uh have yogurt that you can uh, have two separates put together so thanks yes. for that will in our correction you, quarter will. for this week
2: and can i just add as well that If you were somehow it was family time and you were being forced to watch one of these sitcoms, we didn't even have mobile phones to look at. That's true. We had to read a book, which is fine. But I mean, like, you know, that would show that you definitely aren't watching
0: the TV. Um, Yeah, exactly. You have to laugh along with your mother. (laughs) <laughs> uh, or your grandmother who was watching. So that was a very important uh, viewing experience. But do remember, uh, the American TV shows. We do get massive amounts of American TV shows, of course. But there are a lot of really bad shows that never get over here as well. We're very lucky. Um, only every once in a while, something as bad as The Big Bang Theory slips through the net hey, and gets put on hey, so, uh, hey. so we're very lucky at that. <laughs> Ooh, controversial. There you go. Thanks so much, Will. Yeah, thanks
1: so much, Will. Cheers well. Over on Facebook we got some feedback from Dr. Bob Phillips who said Really enjoyed this episode with an emotional reminiscence to The Mandalorian and Bounty Hunter with a code stringing through it. Mm-hmm. Their approach to parenting and adolescence with that record talk is not one I can genuinely recommend however. Very much intrigued to see where this setup takes us with organized crime gangs, corrupt government and military groups. Will they have to battle through in order to release crosshairs from the control of the Empire? Mm. Very much maybe so, Mr. Bob. Dr. Bob, I should say. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. I, I still think that they may not free crosshairs at all. Mm.
0: Ooh. Yeah, I think crosshair... Um...
1: Is going to battle against
2: them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do wonder. It could be the sacrificial kind of bad batch. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
0: I, I do wonder, as we mentioned earlier on, obviously this is also leading to Wrecker possibly being up against the team. Will it be Wrecker and Crosshair versus the team, uh, joining up together? You know, that, that's also a possibility. But, uh, but yeah, I love the kind of expansion of the universe that the bad batch are going to be playing in, uh, during this episode particularly. Thanks, Dr. Bob.
2: Yeah, thanks so much, Bob. Uh, Also over on Facebook, Deanna Mascal says, I love this episode. Great action and plot development. The Bad Batch are so clearly out of their depth here. It is also interesting that it is Echo who comes up with this plan, but it does make sense as the one member of the group who worked closest with the Jedi I also love that it is Omega and her observation skills that cracks the case on Sid. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the rules they set out for Omega. They just might be getting the hang of this parenting thing after all. They managed to handle a too. Mm-hmm.
1: Sid.
2: Gets their measure very quickly and clearly can only be trusted as far as she thinks they are useful to her. I love that she sums up Omega as the brains of the operation and asks the Bad Batch if they are fresh out of the tube. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. In a way, they are as tech notes when he comments, this is not a standard military operation. Mm -hmm. They bristle at the idea of being called mercenaries, but we all saw that one coming. I love Sid as a character, although I kept getting serious Monster Ink vibes from her, as she can be a valuable, if problematic, ally, but that is pure Star Wars after all. She is great because she is clearly smarter than everyone, except hopefully Omega, but we are currently unsure of her ethical code. Exactly. We know that Omega and Echo especially will not stand for any grey moral areas, although the rest of the Bad Batch might be more susceptible, not because they are morally suspect, but because they are so out of their depth. They could be more easily manipulated. Mm -hmm. I think Omega has the strong moral code of an innocent, but I'm grappling with her special trait, and I think that gives her a stronger sense of right and wrong, whether she is more in tune with the Force or is an empath. And of course, Echo's history with with the stronger association with the Jedi plus his long captivity give him a clearer moral code. Mm. I like how this episode also established a bond between Echo and Omega. He was the one asking her about what she would do if she got into trouble after Hunter asked her to review the rules. He was the one sending her a message when she was sneaking about, and he was her partner at the end even if Hunter was actually just sending them off on the easier mission. I enjoyed that she was the one to rescue the Bad Batch, but it was more believable because she did make a mistake that Wrecker needed to cover up, and she was also working off the clues that Echo gave her. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, it was a very Omega Rescue, as it depended on her own observational skills and using the tools available to her. The Bad Batch may have mixed feelings about telling her to keep her eyes and ears on her surroundings, and could probably do more of the same. Mm-hmm. I really like the balance of interesting challenges, great action and plot development this episode offers. Sets us up for all sorts of interesting adventures to come, especially with all the little hints that the fets and huts might join the party. Still worried about Wrecker's
0: head, but hope it will lead us to Rex. Ooh, yes, Captain Rex, uh, possibly on the horizon.
2: Yeah, thanks, uh, Diana. That's um, yeah, that's, that's some really good stuff. I do definitely um, like what you're you're saying um, around Echo and Amiga working together and establishing that bond. I mean, he, he's also even the one that tells her off right at the start that it's not a toy. Mm-hmm. Um and I really kinda I like the uh the the way you're describing how you can see that they have that um stronger moral code mm-hmm. uh, and why as well. I think um I think certainly, you know, it, that that makes a lot of sense. And I'm certainly as well getting the idea that I'm not entirely sure I I, I know I mentioned it on the podcast about uh, possibly being force sensitive. Um but it it's less clear um as as you were um saying uh, about grappling with her special traits it, it's not clear to me that she does have force abilities i yeah. keep saying it because it's maybe the you know the 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 new thing that the kimonoans did through their genetics but um similarly um. Yeah, it's it looks less like that, to be honest. Um, I, I just,
0: I'm just i leaning more towards her being Palpatine's first clone, or the first yeah. clone of Palpatine. That's where I'm kind of leaning. Maybe she's not Force-powered, or she could just be uh, another member of the Bad Batch with her own uh, special ability that we'll see in the future. Maybe not Force-sensitivity, but maybe uh, it is that ability that she'll have to use that awesome weapon that she just picked up uh, on the planet here. Maybe that's it. Uh, thanks so much, Deanna, for the feedback.
1: Yes, thank you so much, Deanna. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we have come to a wrap of this episode of our Bad Batch discussion for Episode 5, Rampage. Do not forget, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Industries where you can support us for a dollar bill, a galactic credit or a republic doula. I don't know. Whatever the republic uses, <laughs> one point we, <laughs> that's credits. yet to be. It's a credit as well. Yeah. But let's say we'll say it's a doula for the fun. <laughs> yes, you can support us for just one galactic credit, and it helps keep the lights on, the podcast going, the servers up, and if you want to keep our illustrious editor in caffeine as he toils away into the wee hours of the galactic time night. I don't know. I'm using words. It makes no sense. Just but putting you want... galactic
0: in front of everything isn't, it uh, isn't going to turn it into Star Wars, Chris. <laughs> it
1: does. It really does. Okay. Fine. But if you want to go on over to buy me a coffee slash TVPI, uh, you can buy Derek a galactic coffee. Mm-hmm see it's better because it's a galactic it coffee
0: it is it keeps me up even longer uh, yes. doing the editing thanks so much to everybody that's been supporting us over there uh, on patreon and on, on uh, buy me a coffee and also sharing our podcast episodes really good of you to everybody that's been sharing our episodes and um, throughout our coverage of any of the shows that we've been covering uh, loads more to cover this year you guys saw the eternals trailer came out this week right oh. so um really looking forward to that that's looking really interesting and mm. uh, we got black widow coming up we've got loki coming up next month lots and lots of stuff on the marvel side and loads of our shows are going to be getting into their second seasons. Uh, There's going to get to a point where we'll have so much back on the on the uh, the plate. But right now, really enjoying having one show a week covering Star Wars: The Bad Batch.
1: Yes, very quickly on the Eternals. You guys are going to hate me for it. Not you two. You guys are going to love me, but our audience because oh, I I love Kirby's original Eternal one. Mm-hmm. I, Neil Gaiman's run, mm-hmm. every other run they've done since. I am waiting. The new, the new series has started. I haven't yep. kind of watched it. I, back as a kid, read Eric Von Danigan's uh, original Chariots of the God book. Excellent. Um, just because Ancient Aliens, why not? Mm-hmm. It's fun. And yeah, they're all fantastic comic books. So this film is going to be like crack to me. <laughs> I'm I gobbling up everything that they're putting out, okay. just because I want to see how it's done, so I cannot wait. But I was in, and don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, if you can, please support your local comic book stores. I was in mm-hmm. our local book comic book store today, because it recently reopened, Um and I picked up one of the uh, Loki runs in anticipation for Loki in the MCU, which Excellent. hopefully might actually feed in. So I might have some background into some stuff he's doing. Who knows? <laughs> Who but knows? that is still two weeks away. For now, we are in a galaxy far, far away.
0: Absolutely. And we'll be back next weekend with our show about Star Wars The Bad Batch Episode 6, which airs on Disney Plus next Friday, June 4th. Thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode.
1: Yes. Thank you so much.
0: Yep,
2: Thanks so much, fellow troopers, for joining us. Remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep trooping. Bye. Bye. Bye.